Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra does not appear in this week's Miss Marvel spoiler special. No, we haven't come to our senses and listened to the pleas of the literally dozens of you who have asked us to stop. Instead, due to an administrative oversight, or just plain human error, or, as I strongly suspect, industrial espionage from insiders who wish the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra to be silenced, we simply forgot to record an intro this week. Fear not, though. Because you can save the day. That's right. You at home can provide this week's Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra Marvel Studios Fanfare. If you have a musical instrument lying around the house, pick it up now. In fact, it doesn't even have to be a musical instrument. It could be your voice. But if you have a musical instrument, all the better. It could be anything. A kazoo, a guitar, a piano, a drum kit, a French horn, an oboe. Anything will do. Okay? Have you got your musical instrument? Are you ready to rock? Okay, here we go. Counting it down. The Marvel Studios fanfare in one, a two, a one, two, three, four. You're sounding great. You've really nailed the intro. Good energy, good pace, but keep it up. Okay, this is the tricky bit. Don't forget this bit, it goes pretty high. Sweet plane, Ken. Okay, now we get into it. This is the business end. This is where you bring it home. Bring it home. Bring it home. Yes! 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 You did it! You did it! You played the Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra, and now you are an honorary member of the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra. Fantastic. Well done, everybody. And now, here is this week's episode of the Empire Podcast Miss Marvel Spoiler Special. Do please enjoy. The Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra will return next week. Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the second Empire Podcast spoiler special dedicated to the brand new Disney Plus MCU show, Ms. Marvel. Very excited about this one. It is another belter of an episode. Two for two. Two for two so far. And join me to discuss this episode in all its glory are my three colleagues of such lethal cunning. To my immediate left, Amon Warman. Hello. To my also to my left, but slightly less to my left. Well, night. Hang on, this is ninety degrees. <laughs> forty at a forty-five degree angle from me is Sophie Butcher. Hello, and dead ahead, <laughs> dead ahead. Stay on target <laughs> is James Dyer. Hello, hello, James Dyer. Hello, Christopher Hewitt. Are you what, what are you looking at in your phone? Like, is it porn? It, yes, yes, it's, it's, it's definitely porn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Um, <laughs> thought maybe you were revisiting the episode really quickly no, in a panic. I'm, I'm, I'm scanning you with my phone and I can see that the powers, your powers are not coming from the bangle. They're coming from inside you because my, my Apple device somehow has thermal imaging just built yeah. into it for no apparent reason. So I just thought I'd, you know, just throw that out there. Was that reference? It's in this. Yeah. In the There's a bit in this yeah. where her friend, Bruno, who we don't talk about, uh, mm-hmm. says to her that he's, he's, he's scanning her with his iPad <laughs> because iPads do that and saying, oh, well, you know, powers are coming uh, from but inside Bruno. you. But hold on. It's been established that Bruno is one smart-ass kid. It's, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not without... It's, it's not. Amon, yeah. that would quite clearly invalidate his warranty. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Apple are very hardcore about it. In fact, is it even an iPad? I don't know. It's a fucking tablet. I wasn't paying attention. He has a chance to go to Caltech, mm. but he doesn't want to go to Caltech Ooh, because Caltech. he's fallen in love. And there's this other guy in the scene because the episode is called Crushed. This week is called Crushed, mm. and uh, there's a new guy in the scene, and he is Kamran, and he is played by Rish Shah, and he shows up, and he is 
uber hot and he gets uh, uh, Kamala thinking all kinds of immoral thoughts and poor old Bruno Brian, sorry, poor old Brian. <laughs> and he even throws shade at Bruno renaming him Brian, which is a which is a big thing. So, yeah, a lot of stuff happens in this episode, but it is mainly the arrival of Cameron and then this mysterious lady, his mother, who turns up at the end of the episode. And I was saying last week that one of the things I loved about the show and I, I continue to love the show, I think it's very, very funny and well acted and well observed. Um, was the fact that there is no bad guy, there is no antagonist, but obviously convention dictates that we have to go down that path at some point and we seem to be heading down mm. that path now. So what do we think overall before we tackle that bit? What do we think overall of the episode? Folks? I enjoyed, enjoyed watching Nightlight try to uh, uh, <laughs> master her powers, her hard light powers, which was, which was quite fun. I enjoyed the Nightlight thing. It had big Night Monkey energy, which I think is, uh, is cool. I'm all for just like arbitrary, random, humorous naming of, of superheroes. I think mm. that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it was fun I don't think this is as strong as the first episode because then the first episode has more sort of rounded more mature character work in it whereas I think this one you know has less of it but it's not a bad episode too it's still great fun better than Obi-Wan Kenobi so yeah it's good <laughs> oh come on you can't fire shots at another show I mean you say thing. that you say that you clearly can alright uh, so what did you think yeah I, I liked it a lot um, it wasn't it didn't feel quite as like pacey and fast and just like engaging as the first one but i think because it expanded quite a lot we got like a few new characters we got to know her friend a lot better we don't need like glimpse in the first one so i think it was just doing a lot of work to kind of expand the world a little bit which meant it didn't like move at quite as a zippier pace but i still really enjoyed it i think iman Vellani is just excellent and yeah i liked the little cliffhanger that it left us on excited to see what's next mm. yeah now the cliffhanger was really really cool and uh as chris mentioned last week we are going to be totally in the dark from now on because these were the first two episodes we were shown uh so yeah excited to see where the show follows up from that but i enjoyed this episode i completely agree with what sophie was saying the first episode was more focused on kamala khan this one is more focused on her communities and the other characters who inhabit those communities and i think they shine a light on that really really well i think her friend Nakia. Nakia. Yeah. yeah. Second Nakia I, we have in yeah, the I, uh, in the MCU. I, I thought it was Nakia. I just wanted to make sure because I know I didn't, I didn't want to get confused with Lupita Nyong'o. But yeah, I thought her friend Nakia was really, really great in this episode. I really liked the focus that she got in this episode. There's a couple of scenes and several lines of dialogue which really struck me. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get into that uh, soon. Um, yeah. But she she's probably the MVP of this uh, episode for me. I enjoyed the training sequence as well. Mm. Um, I... <laughs> I'm now skipping ahead here but um, how she puts that into practice in the final scene I thought was really really cool and again I, I don't want to skip too far ahead so that's what I'm going to say for now but yeah it was good one thing I want to point out is there is a mosque scene in this yes which mm. I thought was fantastic yeah. not only because it was funny and it was organic but it made me realise how rarely we ever see a mosque sequence that isn't incredibly sinister and about fundamentalism, whatever. But you're seeing them, and she gets in a bit of banter with the imam, you know, and it's all quite... And, you know, she makes a, a stab at the fact that, as women, they are at the back and can't really see. But actually, I thought it was quite nice, and it felt really sort of like, yeah, like felt organic and natural. And it just, it kind of, it shines a light on the fact that we just don't see that. Like, when you, when you hear sort of, you know, the, the words are speaking, the kind of Arabic in there, like that's not normally associated with just like a bit of benign, I'm going to the mosque. Yeah, well, it's yeah. normally this is how the Western world has treated places like that historically, mm -hmm. um, which has been awful. And I feel like the show is very conscious of what it's doing with showing a scene like that. I feel like the show is very conscious of how they are viewed in Western media. They have that scene later on where they're talking with the girl who was at AvengerCon uh, to damage control. Sophie. Yeah. Sophie. Sophie. Uh, That's so Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> She's Sophie. I wasn't in it. <laughs> and, I um, remembered. <laughs> and uh, they get an information from her in terms of who Miss Marvel might be. And they order sort of a, a sweep or whatever to try and find her. And like, you know, they had that line, be careful, you know, mm. the FBI are watching them. They are very conscious of what they're doing. I like the fact that they are going there. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have even more to say about it as the show continues. And I'm very excited to see what that is. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. I love how how deeply this is embracing being a show about a, a, a specific culture that we haven't seen in the MCU and really that much in in mainstream TV shows 
like this. I think it's it's great. And there are other things as well I loved about the episode. If you listen to the preview interviews we did, I interviewed Bishake Ali and uh, Suna Amanet and uh, and Adil and Bilal, who directed the first and last episodes and were the kind of head directors on the show as well. We talked about some specific things. And one of the things I thought about with Bishop was that scene between Nakia and uh, and Kamala in the in the bathroom where, mm. where Kamala, you know, and this whole thing is a metaphor, isn't it, for going through puberty and you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're dropped right into the middle of that and it's, you know, her puberty's exploding in a way that even Peter Parker's didn't. And there's that moment where it manifests itself physically, the, 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 the bangle, the bracelet, whatever you want to call it, you know, begins to manifest it, that little, that little glittering spot on her nose and then she goes to the toilet and Nakia thinks it's because she's getting her period. And I said to Bishop Kayali, I never thought we'd, we'd hear the words tampon discussed in a Marvel mm. property, mm. let alone see one. And obviously I passed out. Uh, but when I came to, the episode was over. Uh, you know, but that, that, this all feels really, really profound and progressive and important. And, uh, but it's not done in the way that, that makes it feel profound and progressive and important. It's all treated with such a light touch, which I, which I really, really like. Yeah. And seeing um, that scene where she offers her the tampon over the toilet door, you know, it made me think like we've, we've had Turning Red recently, which mm-hmm. it was, it was good to see that, that sort of stuff tackled in that as well. It was handled really nicely in the show, but it did make it. I sort of stopped for a second and thought, "Oh, that's really cool that they're showing that." And it did sort of hammer home the relation to like her getting her powers. Obviously, it's because of the bangle, but is it like it's part of this coming of age narrative that is threading its way through the superhero stuff? I have a question. Mm-hmm. According to one of our listeners on Twitter, "bangle" is Northern Irish slang <laughs> oh, for bumhole. So apparently, whenever I was talking about. <laughs> about a magic bangle one of our Northern Irish listeners is pissing himself every time he thinks it's fucking hilarious you sir Christopher Hewitt I'm from Northern Ireland have you ever encountered a magic bangle (laughs) you know we were having a really nice talk about how this is such a progressive show and then here he comes yeah that's right you know he's stomping all over it lowering the tone that's why I think your progression fuck you that's right right off the Um, bangle yeah. Oh, Can't say I've heard that. <laughs> so you're just saying this guy's making it up. It's not true. No, it's not not thing. Not, I'm, but I think slang, uh, honestly, in Northern Ireland changes from town to town. <laughs> oh, right. Mm. Okay. You know, you can have different expressions in. He didn't float up the lagon on a bubble. Yeah. So I'd never heard that. And maybe I'd heard float up the ban on a bubble. So we changed it to the better river in Northern Ireland. <laughs> the ban and not the lagon. Uh, so I, I don't think I'd heard that one uh, particularly, but uh, there's ones that my mum and dad used to say that I just that no one else knows. Like you know, your heads, your your heads are Marley is one thing my mum always used to what? say to me. Your heads are Marley, <laughs> as if you know to say that you've gone a bit nuts. Your heads are Marley, and no one ever seems to know where this came from. <laughs> she may have been having a stroke. It's, it's very hard. It's very hard to tell. Um, but your heads are Marley. No, I have never heard. The euphemism bangle <laughs> to mean bumhole. <laughs> <laughs> because the uh, the bangles, as we discussed last week, yeah. were a pretty major band growing up in, in the 19... And <laughs> I think, you know, we would have got a lot of comedic yeah. mileage mm. of the fact that there were the bumholes. Yeah. Bum <laughs> yeah. Who's your favourite bumhole? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mine's the one who's married to Jay Roach. <laughs> As we learned last I, week. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, yeah. I'm going to mention that every single week. <laughs> okay. Because it is the only bangle bit of trivia I have. How's that for an eternal flame? Close your eyes. <laughs> give me your hand. Darling. You never get that bit. Sorry, it's very low. Anyway. <laughs> Sophie, you were talking about how the show was. <laughs> I'm not clear what I was saying. Adventurous strides. <laughs> yeah. And then James came clattering into the conversation. <laughs> With my magic bum hole. Had you been listening to anything Sophie and Amon have been saying? Yes, they were saying how this is excellent period drama. Oh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> Should we uh, talk very, very quickly about, about the show? Yeah, <laughs> the show, but also the fact we're talking about the cultural specificity of of this show. And uh, one of our listeners last week sent a, a, a very nice tweet talking about the show, but also expressed his disappointment uh, in that we are the we're the pod team, and none of us are of South Asian origin. None of us are of Pakistani descent. And this episode in particular was really steeped in. Mm. Pakistani culture and Pakistani history and talking about things like the partition, the partition, which, of course, yeah. created Pakistan back in the 1940s. And there's obviously everything that happens in the mosque and everything that Nakia has. I love that scene with Nakia with um, Kamala's dad, where she basically guilt trips mm-hmm. the fuck out of him yeah. into voting for her. That's that's really, really lovely. You know, we, we talked about this. We talked about this before we 
started doing the show we you know do we reflect the fact that the show is is more culturally specific and we decided ultimately that the podcast team we wanted to keep it the podcast team the same podcast team that does every MCU property but Neil Bat at Neil's Real Deal Neil Bat sent in a question basically saying that you know I enjoyed the show but could you have had someone on from of Indian Pakistani descent to talk about things that are culturally specific and I got in touch with him and he's going to come on the show next week. So oh, we're going to, awesome. you know, have a chat about it. So we want to be obviously open and transparent about this. We've had these conversations. Yeah, we have them for every show that we do. What team should we have going forward? And um, and so that's what we want to do. Uh, you know, so we're going to have Neil on the show next week to talk yeah. about stuff. Because uh, you know, honestly, the, this, this week's episode was great. And there were so many things I, I just don't really know that much about yeah. from a cultural standpoint. And yeah. there were lovely parts of the episode, the, the bit in the mosque we've talked about, the bit at the Eid celebration was wonderful. I loved how it like flicked through all the different cliques of like people um, that Nikia was thinking she was going to win over. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of lovely stuff that we can appreciate, but to, you know, to yeah. get a, a bit of a deeper analysis on that sort of stuff is something I look forward to listening to 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely co-signed that. Um, something that I feel very passionately about myself and I actually sort of I, I did a tweet a few weeks ago now trying to sort of get thread together people who are of this uh, sort of diaspora who are uh, going to be covering the show or if they're going to be covering the show like let's, let's get a thread of pe- people together so that outlets can find these people mm. and we can uh, you know get them seen and get their work seen but I remember when Black Panther came out um, I think that was around the time I started out writing for Empire, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. But I know a number of black journalists really, you know, got a lot of work from that and, you know, raised their profiles from that because it was such a landmark black film. Mm-hmm. And outlets really recognized that and took the time to say, look, we need to get more uh, people from the diaspora to write about this. And I feel mm-hmm. the same way about something like Shang-Chi. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. the same way about something like this because not only are more of these big, big, uh, shows and films coming, uh, but the cultural details that they're paying attention to in all of these things, they merit having people from the diaspora commenting on them. So, mm. yeah, um, I'm very happy that Neil is coming in and I'm looking forward to what he has to say. If anyone's doing a drinking game at home uh, about the word diaspora, uh, then I think they're under the table by, by, by now. <laughs> you've, you've destroyed them. It's a good word. It's a it was, very good word. Yeah. I liked it. You, you used it once and you went, I'm using it again. Fuck it, I'm using it again. <laughs> One more time, <laughs> just, for, just for luck. It was the easiest way to describe what he was yes, saying. It's very Thank good. You, it's, you know what? It's the best word we've heard in the podcast booth today. And we heard happenstance. And that's a, yes. that's a callback <laughs> to another podcast. <laughs> I'm sick of these callbacks to Obi-Wan podcasts that I'm not in. Hey. Obi-Wan. And I'm sick of that as well. I yes, use, me too. Yeah, yeah, James. You're right. Anakin! <laughs> oh, God. See what I have to be dealing with for the last hour and a half. Maybe Next time, I, next time I interview Liam Neeson, I'll go, Liam, <laughs> does Bangle mean bumhole? And he'll go, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> um, we also used the word obsolescence in the Topic of Maverick podcast. So yes. I think I think that might be today's best word, although diaspora. Or diaspora? Diaspora. Diaspora. Good word. I like that word. Anyway, this episode. Uh, so this episode was directed by Mira Menon and uh, who I think directs at least one more episode. I think there's another director that we haven't seen yet and it is written by Kate Gripman. I think it was well directed, although I don't think it quite had the pizzazz of Adil and Bilal's episode. Although it had lovely touches. I mm. loved that moment when in the bloom of what seems to her like love, but is obviously just a massive crush on this hunky man mm-hmm. who appears out of nowhere, perhaps... Not coincidentally, mm. I'm going to say. Uh, she gets home and the Ronettes come on and yeah. she dances around her living room to uh, Be My Baby, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm. Love that. The needle drops all over this episode are great. Beginning with Feel So Good, Mace. Yes. I was, I was watching it in the screen in the cinema and my, my head was bopping. Bad, 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 bad boy. Your toe was tapping. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. I loved that, that sequence as well because it was a beautiful callback to last episode where she does, she meets everybody in the in the school corridor right. in the same way. But this time she's a brand new Kamala. She's yeah. got powers. Mm. She's flexing. She's, she's feeling she's, good. She's got confidence. She's got swagger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that scene where she dances around after seeing Cameron for the first time. Just a really nice, like, kind of fantastical element, giving us a bit of an insight into what's running through Kamala's head, <laughs> um, even if it's not happening in real life, which I really like those flourishes, always. Yeah, yeah. I think it just feels, so, you know, it's so great that we are so deep now into the MCU. We're 14 years in. Uh, we are numerous films. We're 28 films in. This is what, the sixth live action show I can't I have, this is the bit I promised with WandaVision <laughs> yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. Loki, Loki. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Hawkeye mm-hmm. Moon Knight mm-hmm. this is the this sixth. one sixth okay this is the sixth so this is no, the third seventh what if I said live action aha you uh, see cartoons <laughs> oh shut <laughs> up actually to be fair I finished what if recently it was really good thank you and I know I didn't do this one especially I'm not doing this I don't like it at all actually it's really good because it does. it gets better as it goes along I think well, I think the first ones I watched, I was a little disappointed, and I thought it, it built up ahead of steam as it went. I thought oh, this is really good by the end. So far, do you stand on the really like the zombie one? I only watched some what if episodes in preparation for Doctor Strange. Okay, so I watched the zombie ones and the strange one. I still think that Doctor Strange one is by far and away the best one of the entire series. You think? Yes, I liked it. I thought it was a good one. But I, weirdly, the zombie one and I, Marvel I like Zombies zombie is a property one. I don't mm. generally enjoy. But I thought it was, I thought it was good. <laughs> I like the zombie one. I think because. <laughs> We should talk about Miss Marvel we at some should. point. Right? But I really liked the zombie one because it felt like there was an episode of <laughs> there was an episode of Spider Man and his amazing friends where all the Spider Man and his amazing friends <laughs> Firestar Iceman Spider Man Greetings True Believers Nuff Shed Anyway, there was an episode where Spider-Man uh, and some of his amazing friends and their amazing, amazing friends like Captain America go to this place and they all get picked off one by one by this bloke. I can't remember the details, but I loved it as a kid. And I was like, yes, that is great. And the Marvel Zombies one reminded me of that. Mm. Oh. Evil vision rules. I actually thought it was the weakest one. <laughs> Whoa! That's a conversation for another time. It is, because you know what? We're talking about Miss Marvel yes, here. Uh, right. Episode 2, Crushed. And since you've clearly missed Marvel, let's move on to this. That didn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense at all, but let's go with it anyway. <laughs> right up the bangle. <laughs> What's that even mean? No one knows. Because oh, bangle is Northern Irish slang for bumhole. That's, that's, that's what he was getting at. Sorry, sorry if that wasn't that Thank wasn't you for clear. explaining that. You're welcome. Again, You're welcome. Any time you with a lot of direct eye contact. <laughs> no problem at all. The eye contact was one thing, but the diagram yeah. Yeah. The, di- the hand the, movement. The PowerPoint was uh, <laughs> a step too much. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. James, um, no one needs a bum bumhole PowerPoint. There's a yeah. town in Northern Ireland which has now been made a city, which is Bangle? fucking ludicrous, called Bangor. Bangor, is it? Yeah, because it's, it's just been made a city. You know, when the Queen is that, is that where Bangor is? That Bangor as in Bangor Normal College. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> was that a joke? That's a B A N G O R, right? Is that that what is Bangor? Is that it? No, that's a banger. <laughs> Yeah. No, Bangor, okay. Bangor, B-A-N-G-O-R, yeah, like okay. the Welsh sure. town, like yeah. the Welsh That's town of, of Bangor, yeah. Yeah. but it, over here we say Bangor, but back home it's Bangor. Bangor! Sorry. No, don't, no, no, no more callbacks. So. No more callbacks. <laughs> okay. We're done. Fine. Uh, I don't even know what I was talking about. It's this this show, say. this show feels, we may have to do these in separate days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the country oh, one makes us delirious, and then we come into this. And I just... can't even get through a sentence. <laughs> we um, this <clears throat> this show feels really fresh in a way I haven't seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is incredible considering this is the thirty fourth live action property motherfucker in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there you know it's got sparkles of animation and little flourishes and mm. it just feels unlike mm. anything we've seen it does. and to be taking risks this deep into the run is fantastic now someone else speak. I enjoyed when uh, when Hotman jumps off the roof into the pool though that <laughs> frankly he is a golden god but that was irresponsible behaviour. Uh, mm. When he comes out and you have the little like hearts yes. and stuff around him that's, that's yeah. lovely. Oh, that was good. Although yes. I did think that was like I thought it was setting it up that she was going to save someone at first I didn't realise it was him that was jumping mm. and then he did this jump which was like a bit weird and then jumped <laughs> out and it was meant to be like this real hot boy moment and I was like I'd be thinking what what the hell have you just done I don't yeah. think he seemed I don't didn't he come out in slow-mo yeah slow-mo and like the actual the moment itself of her being like all gooey-eyed was like fun but I was like 
I just think he was a bit of a prick if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a uh, bit of a bangle. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, it's someone else's house, you've, and you're diving into their pool. And it was oh, a bit. Ran, it was just a bit yeah. random. Or it was. It was a dick didn't fit move, the tone of the party. It was a dick I mean? move. Random, but kind of not been that because given what happens at the end of this episode, he knows exactly what he's doing in that. Moment. Yeah, he's trying to get her attention. Maybe, exactly. So. Roof jumping. <laughs> so, do we think that? Um, do we think that he is? specifically targeting her to get into her, her affections and yes he knows what she's got and he wants it yes he how does he bangle. know what she's Jambo Jam- no I mean Jambo. literally the magic bangle the magic bangle of the powers you're not allowed to say bangle anymore <laughs> yes bangly bang <laughs> oh my god I've just ruined the podcast you've ruined it and by the way I've just remembered we did not do the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra right oh the what a shame but does it that is. mean when we went because we did we did uh, we did a, when we did our podcast tour. We went to Belfast, didn't we? And we did a live show in, in Belfast. And you started the show by saying "bangly bang." You're still talking so were about you literally just saying "bumholy bumhole" to the whole audience. <laughs> no wonder they all turned up. This is outrageous! I have never been so insulted in all my life. I say no, no, I say to the Empire Podcast. <laughs> That's exactly what they said. It's uncanny. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want, Anakin. <laughs> We're never going to finish this thing. <laughs> Guys, I want to see the black phone Yeah, we've got screening to go to an Come hour. on. That's fine. It's fine. Man calls a phone. Woo, boo, scary. Arg. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, Lord. Where were we? So how does he know that she has the bangle? How does she know she has his best? Because how does she know she has his powers? I can't. <laughs> because when she activates it, it's, I'm guessing, calls to Cameron's mum. Which is how Cameron knows that Kamala has it. Yeah, <laughs> when she we... activates the mangle, it calls Cameron's mum. The mangle. Well, <laughs> no, that, that would be a very yeah, different Because scene. we know that that's the woman that she sees when she goes into vision sometimes uh, when she's uh, using the bangle. What? Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Have I missed something catastrophic? Really? Yeah, apparently. So... I thought she sees her, her great aunt, whatever. Her this is, is this is why I was confused. Okay. So at the end. I have a theory. Oh, okay. Oh. At the end. That is a demon? A dancing demon. What's Buffy that? reference that What's no one gets. Now? Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> at the end. So Kamala jumps into Cameron's car and he's mm-hmm. like, this is my mom, who we've just seen in Kamala had like a vision, like in this other dimension that we guess is the same one she went to in the first episode and saw that she's so seen this figure yeah. and then we saw her face and then you find and out it's Cameron's you're mom. A believer. And yeah. I, yeah. yes, I assumed that it was her. Great grandmother Aisha. Mm. Yes, yes. But yes. well, so, I yes. was like, oh, the person she's seeing in the other dimension is Aisha. Another and so then, when <laughs> she dimension. turned up as Cameron's mum, I was like, wait, does that mean like some sort of time thing is happening? Are they actually related? Oh no, oh, yeah, it's all I gone think, incesty. I think that is her great grandmother. Yeah, that is her great grandmother who has somehow because she was the first wielder of the bangle, mm. <laughs> and she. <laughs> Once she got her, once she got her, her arm right up the bangle, Jimbo, <laughs> you've wrecked this entire series of spoiler specials now. That sentence you was constructed in no way <laughs> to be laden with innuendo. When she uses the mystical ornament, the, the grandmother that is, oh, okay. I think she was the first one to use it, and that this is how. For example, there's a story that's told about when the when they're trying to escape Pakistan mm. at the time of the partition and the baby Sunna named, I'm presuming after Sunna Amanet, the one of the co-creators of of Miss Marvel. Another one, of course, is referenced in Mr. Wilson. We have we talked about him. He's a great supporting character, the teacher. So something happened that, you know, Sunna got onto the train because she followed a trail of lights. I wonder if that is this woman that we meet at the end of this episode. This is just a theory. It might be absolute bullshit. Uh, that she is Aisha, but somehow by using the, the the bangle, she has been magically preserved in some way. Yeah, because she went missing, right, when that train left the station. Yes. So Kamala's grandmother got on the train, but her her mum, which is Aisha, didn't and went missing and mm-hmm. never to be seen again, right? Have I got that right from, I believe from the story? that is correct, yes. Yeah, so... Something, we don't know where she's gone, obviously, but yeah, it seemed like she hadn't aged and she was... Mm. 
from that time. But yeah. Now, she could also equally be someone who's just aware that this device is a really powerful device. And obviously some people have sent us some questions about it. And there's been a lot of supposition and speculation about the, the, the bangle or the bracelet over the last couple of, over the last week or so, that it might be in some way connected to the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi's mm. Ten Rings, that it might be some sort of alien artifact that came here thousands of years ago, unlike the Ten Rings in Shang-Chi. It imbues its wearer with mystical powers. Mm. So it might be some sort of connection there. And that might also bring in, ultimately, towards the end of the show, Carol Danvers, because who is recruited by Wong at the end of that movie mm-hmm. to take a look at the Ten Rings, mm. Carol Danvers and Bruce Banner. Mm. So maybe, maybe yeah. there might be something in there. And then, yeah, it's interesting because obviously when Bruno says it's not coming from, from the bangle, it's coming from you, it's like it's triggered something. So that does kind of relate to it being a familial thing, which we were talking yeah. about last week. Um, yeah, it's just it's got me really interested as to the, the history of her powers and where it's actually coming mm. from. And who this lady is and what she wants and are her intentions pure? I'm yeah. saying not. But if, if she's her great-grandmother and then, she's... But then again, Shang-Chi's dad was the baddie in that yeah. movie. So you, yeah. you don't... Yeah. Familial connection doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be on someone's side. Mm. Yeah. I'm not convinced. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you in that. I don't think it's pure. If it was pure, you wouldn't need to go to this... Deception. Uh, exactly, to get an audience with Kamara. So I don't know. Right now, I think he's bad news, but mm. I could be convinced otherwise. So this guy, Kamran, and um, he has this impact on Bruno. We talked last week about whether Bruno and Kamala might be romantically connected in mm. some way. I think this episode makes it clear that he, yeah. he has feelings, right? Mm. Made yes. that very clear. Absolutely. Whether they're reciprocated by her, I think we're not quite sure yet. I think deep down they might be. Yeah. She just can't see it yet because no. she's blinded by camera. Yeah, it's got like a new, a new thing. But I mean, he's got abs up the wazoo. Mm. That's upsetting anatomy. <laughs> he is also. I mean, you know, you take out the final scene, and he's just a charming dude. One of my favorite scenes in this episode is the diner scene. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, that is good. It's yeah. so, mm. so good. And it's so, so funny. He switches from English to a Pakistani accent right on the dime. It's really, really funny. He says he's a big fan of the Great British Bake Off. Yes. There's a whole bit. That was really, really great. <laughs> but And I don't want to be this guy, but I'm 100% that guy. Like, mm. the, but just the flair in the dialogue there. And the, it's, it's funny. It's layered. It's really been just like, tweet it's honed it's just spot on and then the McClanky yeah. is the the <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi dialogue and I just again it's like watching these back to back as we have to do every Wednesday just mm. which part of that is the Obi-Wan dialogue is the, well, I'm is just saying the... obviously had Darth Vader mentioned the Great British Bake Off it would have been a better episode <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the Great British Bake Off although I was disappointed when I do enjoy Mel and Sue laughed why is that clunky I find that the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi dialogue is, is very very, very functional and not particularly there's no flair to it whereas this it's just it just drips with verve and it's just it's great it's yeah, it's, it. it's really rich in character and it's not just things like the the diner scene which is great and gives you an insight into him even if you even if it's a put on mm. yeah there's a little sense of some truth is 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 peeping through there but that scene what we've already talked about to an extent between Nakia and Kamala in the bathroom you know, it's a really just a really interesting conversation where we get to know more about Nakia. She says, you know, between the hijab and the girlies, which you know, may refer to the ladies' parts, you know, the, <laughs> the top, the top part, the top, the, the Ch- chesticles. Yes. Oh God. I don't know. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. That's been it for this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as she talks about how you know she's she's through all through her life, she's. I guess I'm, I'm presuming from a mixed race um, family. So she's talking about I'm, I've been too white for some mm. and too ethnic for others. Mm. Yeah. And stuff like that just feels really real and lived in, in a way, not Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we talked Obi-Wan last week about Kenobi. how America Chavez didn't pop for me at all in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse Stop of bragging on America Chavez. <laughs> Stop bragging on Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't a case of America. Fuck yeah! yeah. It was uh, you know she just didn't she just didn't shine as a character. Uh, none of her dialogue sang in in the way that supporting characters' dialogue is singing yeah. in this show. Yeah. yeah, I'll grant you on the dialogue front. I think America Chavez gets short shrift from you. I think she's great, but uh, I, you're absolutely right. Like this, the dialogue does sing in a way that certain other Disney Plus properties maybe mm. sing less. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that this is a show that has room for a line like "too white for." some people too ethnic for others 
but also takes the time to show people from all over the spectrum of this. Here's that word again, diaspora, because um, Kamala's brother has a dark-skinned uh, Muslim wife uh, mm. or fiance at this point. Mm. Um, and they didn't need to sort of go in that direction with that, but I'm really glad that they did. That yeah. was really mm. cool to me. I really, you know, I, I remember watching that at the screening, having a really surprised and you know reaction to that because like, oh, that's just it's not something that you see on screen very often. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and also the, the scene again with the key, and I mentioned it already, but the scene where she kind of runs rings around uh, Kamala's dad, and she's mm-hmm. you know, you know guilt yeah. tripping him into, into mm-hmm. voting for her mm-hmm. when she runs for the. The, the mosque board, mosque yeah. board, is yeah, that right? So. Okay. Mm. Uh, but also that scene where they're going around uh, uh, at Eid Mubarak and they're they're uh, bringing introducing you to the different factions within. I, yes. love, I love that so much. So fun. <laughs> Illuminati. Yes. 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 So, but that was like that was it felt it felt you know the Mean Girls scene where they go around yeah. the cafeteria. It had real echoes of that. But I I love a good pun game and their pun game yeah. was very strong. There. Very yeah. very strong. Illuminantes is. Mm. Uh, that's a, again a take a day off. Yeah, yeah. Take a day you're off. done, guys. You're done. Just, that's, yeah. it. that's it. Everyone go it's home. Fun. It's like the day that I, I you know, and I know this is a, a gag that not many people like, or a film that not many people like, but the day that um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost decided that Jason Bateman's character in Paul would be called Lorenzo, <laughs> Lorenzo Soil. <laughs> just, <laughs> made, just an amazing joke. It's just like, take the day off. I know. It's an amazing done. joke that must have appealed to like eight, nine people watching <laughs> that film. <laughs> I love shit like that. It's amazing. Uh, and you could argue, of course, the Illuminantes are so far more convincing than the Illuminati that we saw recently. But I wouldn't make that conversation. No. I wouldn't make that argument. Oh, I wouldn't make that argument. Leave Doctor Strange alone. I haven't touched Doctor Strange. <laughs> Don't make a bangle joke. Don't make a bangle joke. Don't make a bangle joke. <laughs> okay, so anything else? Something I found interesting in this episode was just getting to know her powers a bit better. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're quite niche powers, I think. Like, so she realized she doesn't have super strength. She will have to go to the gym. She was like, <laughs> 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 um, and, you know, we see her getting to grips most with like the platform mm-hmm. making. Platform shoes, yeah, which, yeah. Are, which are very, very cool. Yeah, um, and you know we see a bit of a learning to deal with the embiggening and stuff, but they're quite like niche powers. I know we talked about this a little bit last week in terms of how they've translated from the comics, but I think it will be interesting to see like how she can put them to the yeah. test, like she's, what situation. Yeah. She's a touch underpowered, one would say. Like I don't think she's like a like a an omega level threat. Like she can no. make them well, like, but maybe they'll I, develop I, in some way. Well, I do think she she she's got the touch. She's got the power. Um, <laughs> but she just needs to learn her skill level needs to rise with it. I think there's a lot of different applications you can have with this with the hard light. Yeah, with the hard light. Um I, I love uh, the platforming that we see in this episode again, and now, now I'm gonna talk about it, the final bit of this episode where she uses the platforming to help out the kid who's about to fall. I love that initially when she sort of steps out, she's being very cautious. Mm. But when she sees that she needs to act yeah. or this, uh, she immediately gets more confident. It's bang, 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 bang. I love that. And yeah, she would have sort of saved the day very smoothly were if not for the vision mm. that ultimately messes her up. But I, I love that moment of just that immediate confidence when somebody's in trouble, I need to just, she, doesn't, she, she stops thinking and she just acts. And I love that. You've got to think that her powers are going to expand because otherwise, because, you know, Captain Marvel being at the top end mm-hmm. of the power spectrum, I'm not sure what she brings to the Marvels if she doesn't develop something other than platforms. Well, mm. photo. so Monica Rambeau, yeah. we know from WandaVision, because we haven't really seen her that much, super speed? Like lightning super speed. Like, you know, she's a Captain Marvel I kind of grew up with when I was reading the comics. Like she's a Captain Marvel who's in Secret Wars. Mm. And so she was able to travel at the speed of light, pretty much. Uh, and did, and was a really cool visual when she did so that basically the bottom half of her body, like a, almost like a like a proto cannonball, if you remember cannonball yeah. from mm. the from the comics as well, and that the the bottom half of her Sam body Guthrie. would just turn into this. Yeah, you know, Sam Guthrie would turn into this kind of just yellow streak. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what other powers she had, but she was at that, that iteration of Captain Marvel. So maybe she brings that to the table, and that would that's a power that I presume Carol doesn't have, although she does seem to be able to travel fast distances pretty damn quickly. Mm. So yeah, but she said last week cause. Cosmic was the last word of the first episode Mm -hmm. when she's, you know, she's had that conversation with her mother about, you know, who do you want to be in this world? 
and she's looking at herself and going, okay, cosmic. And cosmic seems to suggest that these powers are going to be amped up, as you say, Jimbo, in some significant way. That we'll find out that these are tied to space in, in some way. They are the powered cosmic. Yep. If it's good enough for Nora and Rad... That's right. for me. Mm-hmm. Is she Asgardian? Is she related to Thor? <laughs> they should be answered, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, yeah, later in the episode as well, we see Zoe, who is obviously the girl from school that Kamala saved in the first episode. She gets brought in by the DDC um, and quizzed. And I mean, they frame it at first as Kamala being an enhanced individual who tried to kill you, which... Yeah, these Obviously guys. Isn't true. Yeah, they don't have the, the the truth at heart, do they? No, and then they're obviously looking for her. But it seems like yeah, people are sort of hunting. They're sort of hunting superheroes, which I don't think have we really seen that well, at any point in the MCU so before. The the main guy from the episode, the the, the main damage control guy, mm. as we discussed last week, Agent Cleary, who's played by Arian Moyed. Apologies if I got that wrong. Uh, he was in Spider-Man No Way Home and he was interrogating Peter Parker, but obviously that went nowhere. So that seems to have gone mutated from just a bit of a, a cop with a dickish attitude mm. to now he's part of this new government agency, I'm presuming, that has the power to to certainly look at new enhanced people slash superheroes, but kind of framing them for crimes they didn't commit seems outside the remit. Mm. Um, so they seem to be a, a little bit skeezy. Um, I'd be very interested to see what happens with them. You know, maybe another element, the way the sword was ultimately revealed and, and shield. There's a kind of distrust of uh, of, of corporations and mm. and law 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 enforcement agencies in in the MCU, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, what are they, they going to do with with Kamala if indeed they catch her? It's all very mm. very interesting. It seems important to note that this is the first of what I perceive to be many superhero landings on Kamala's part. Yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> Cheers. Very well done. I think. Technically, she did one last week when there was that uh, montage of going to AvengerCon. She leaps out of her window and does it the right way in her fantasy um, and she does a superhero oh, yeah. landing. That's and true. then obviously when she leaps out the window in reality, <laughs> the tree branch breaks and she yeah. nearly, nearly gets killed. Uh, <laughs> so I think there will be, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's going to be quite a few uh, down the line. I will say this though, there was, a, uh, I can't remember who it was now, but ice cream on pizza was posited at one point, and that's a no from me. Uh, <laughs> I always, when it comes to stuff on pizza, just like I, I don't mix and match. Like I like pineapple, I like pizza. Pineapple on pizza, no. I like ice cream, I like pizza. Ice cream on pizza, no. Let's just keep. Have you tried things. it? The thing is, you can get dessert pizzas, and that's what I thought he meant. And then he was like, "No ice cream on pizza." No ice cream on pizza. I, I, it sounds bad. Might be great. Might be like some sort of new fusion food. So <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, one of my favorite desserts is the banana katsu curry. Uh, it's not a curry, really, but the banana katsu banana at Wagamama, yeah. Wagamama mm-hmm. which yeah. is just, it's just heavy. Oh, it's amazing. Like deep fried banana with, with, with like panko breadcrumbs on it. And salted mm-hmm. caramel ice cream, oh. which is just, it's just delicious. Like Heston could slave away in his three Michelin star kitchen for a fucking year and not come up with anything like the, the banana katsu in Wagamama, <laughs> which is £6.70. Tell him Chris sent you. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're, they're, yeah, that that was a uh, don't knock until you try it. That's what I'm going to say. Let's let's try ice cream and pizza. We'll mm. we'll go out after this. We'll have a hoolie. It'll all mm. be fine. A um, <laughs> couple of things I want to talk about really quick before we we take some listener questions. Um, I wanted to talk once again about Kamala's parents. They're maybe not given as much of a showcase in this episode, but we do get to know things about them. There's that scene as we talked about where they talk about the partition and what their families went through, and they talk about you know, what life in Pakistan was like. And Yusuf, uh, who is um, Kamala's dad, or or Abu is what they, re- they refer to him as in, mm-hmm. in the um, in in the show, who's played brilliantly by Mohan Kapoor. He has a really lovely thing about, you know, we wanted, this is one of the reasons why we wanted to move to America, so our, our children could be anything that they wanted to be. And her mother says, because you get the sense that the mum knows a little bit more about mm, what's going on. Definitely. Than she's willing to let on at this point. Um, she says, well, almost anything. Mm. Uh, and so she's the one who's always seems to be, you know, she's she's she loves her daughter. She wants her to, to be the best she can be. But she's also the one who maybe gives a reality check every now and again, where he is a little bit more dream big. You mustn't be afraid to be dream a little bigger, darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that. I just loved her banter as well. There's that really lovely moment where she's talking um, Maniba, played by Sonobia Shroff. 
is talking about how they met. And it wasn't if it wasn't for Bon Jovi, because yeah. they, they're getting a Bon Jovi <laughs> tribute band to perhaps play at uh, Amir's wedding. And she says, if it wasn't for Slippery When Wet, your father and yeah. I wouldn't have met, which is a hell of a thing. You do not want <laughs> a hell of a sentence. Yeah, it's a hell of a sentence. It's got many, many implications. That's uh, perhaps, gross. Yeah. Who knows? Perhaps they were supported by the Bangles. Right, Jimbo? Oh, boy. <laughs> Just when you thought you were out, I pulled you back in. There he was on his phone. Oh, don't do it. Don't I dragged do it. him back in. I yeah. dragged him back in. Just Googling yeah. bangle pictures on my phone. It's all yeah. Good. yeah. But uh, I thought I, those guys are so great. And also, one thing I wanted to point out in the credits, which are by and large panels from the comic book and they're taken from the comic book and you see you know depictions or representations of what the people look like so uh whenever nikia shows up played by yasmin fletcher and you know it's the change change is her poster mm. um which is nice when it's when it's kamala's mum, when it's muniba the panel for Zenobia shroff is an arm wearing a bangle is it, mm. it oh is. i didn't notice that that's interesting so i wonder if she has donned the bangle herself mm. in the past. I I think so. Yeah. I did notice um, a trust a bro van in the credits. <laughs> oh, really? is, that, is that from Hawkeye? <laughs> Am I remembering that right? Is that yes, like the tracksuit yeah. mafia? Yeah, the tracksuit mafia. Yeah, tr- trust a bro's van drives past at one point in the credits. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's lovely. Someone mm-hmm. someone said last week, I haven't checked the credits myself yet to see whether this is true, but someone said that there was, uh, certainly in the first episode that there seemed to have been a mistake in that they, they went, uh, stylist to Miss Steinfeld was in the credits. Oh. <laughs> which has got tongues wagging about a possible Kate Bishop yeah. cameo. <laughs> well, uh, that that is a definite Hawkeye hint there in the credits yeah. with the van. Yeah. It is, isn't it? I, They're in yeah. the same sea, sort yeah. of. Kind of, by and large. You yeah, know, take of. the Staten Island Ferry and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't see That's it. probably not true. <laughs> <laughs> I see a Captain Marvel cameo in episode six, but beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, they'll um, probably stick to yeah. that family of um, heroes. But yeah, I think you were alluding to, to it a little bit uh, earlier, Chris. Mm-hmm. They have that uh, big family scene and they have that uh, thing where they say that, what is it, Maniba's grandmother? Was it mother managed to make it back on the train somehow following a trail her, of her, her grandmother. No, no, it's Maniba's, her, her mother, Maniba's mother. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When they said that Maniba's mother managed to make it back on the train following a trail of lights, which definitely indicates the use of the bangle there. So I would not be surprised if, especially now that we've been introduced to who we've been introduced to in that final scene, whether in the next episode or the following episode, we actually get to see that scene in full that they've talked about for kind of two episodes now at this point. So The fact we were introduced as well to Kamala's grandmother mm. that you know, um, Maniba's been seeing had her head in the clouds and all this sort of stuff. We've actually met her now on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that we would get to meet her. Mm-hmm. She seemed like this figure that, like, they didn't talk about, but... Mm-hmm. Technically, we have met her, though I don't think I've still seen her full face. No, <laughs> she's doing the classic grandmother thing. Yeah, of, like... which is great. But that's, that's her her grandmother, like, the former owner of the Bangle is her grandmother's mother, right? Yes. Her great-grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. And we think that's the lady in the car. Yes. The but end. she's been youth. Possibly. She's been euthanized. She's <laughs> she hasn't aged. She has it, not aged. We, it, we don't, it doesn't look like anyway. Yeah. Somehow. Yes. So maybe that's one of the, uh, much like the, the rings, they confer, the bangle confers eternal youth. Precisely. And maybe now she has lost the bangle and she's and come looking for it. wants it back. Yeah, yeah. because the, when she's, finds it in the first episode i can't remember did they say where that stuff has come from it's come why? from it's come from nanny it's come from yeah the yeah. The, the, the grandmother mm. who presumably is still still living in pakistan and has yeah, sent it, it on like it. yeah yeah uh here's a here's a hewitt guarantee which is <laughs> not as cast iron as an amon guarantee just taking my stick but it's fine oh, i guess well, what do you want me to say like you know i, I can't promise <laughs> i can't promise oh, guarantee what's a different word what's a synonym for guarantee uh, definite. Is there a professional writer in the room? <laughs> we haven't got thesaurus.com. Just, yeah. just a bunch of fucking bangles. Give me a word, hippo. <laughs> um, All right. Um, yeah. The Hewitt Proclamation. 
<laughs> declaration. Declaration. It's not as good. It's not prediction. As good, but, okay. prediction. Okay. Fucking hell. You don't own the word guarantee. <laughs> you do own the word diaspora, apparently. Oh, he owns the word bangle. You're welcome to it, quite frankly. I know. But, uh, all right. So, my guarantee is a Suzu is going to play a part in this episode. Pazuzu? Not Pazuzu, but Suzu the for um, Alexa Pa. Yeah. That uh, that's that's not just a gag. There's some that's gonna bamboozle or befuddle a bad guy. It's gonna be used to save the day at some point. Or maybe it'll record something. An incriminating piece of evidence. Someone says, yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right, that, it's not a big thing, but I just wanted to say it anyway. All right, you've proclaimed it. I have proclaimed it. It has. You've declared it. It. It, has, it has been passed into law. Uh, all right, real quick, because uh, we all have to go see the Black Phone and and scary scary film Ethan Hawke. Ooh, mm. bad. Uh, <laughs> Foul Shopaholic is the first listener question this week. Is Kamala wearing her Captain Marvel costume under all her clothes now? How does she change so quickly, or was she carrying an invisible backpack? I did think that when she ran off. I thought she's obviously going to change into her outfit, but where is she carrying this? I feel like you could ask that at a lot of points in many superhero films, like where is their costume that they change into? Mm. I feel like, nah, it's fine. She probably had a backpack. The Marvel, they got around that so quickly by just going, nanotech. Yeah. yeah. Nanotech. Nanotech. Yep. Tony Stark can become Iron Man in seconds. Mm. So there you go. And that means we get to keep Robert Downey Jr.'s face on screen mm-hmm. for as long as we possibly mm-hmm. can because Christ knows we're paying him enough <laughs> so we might as well use him. I think, I think Dr. Strange actually shot uh, uh, number one on the fastest hero change in Multiverse of Madness actually when he leaps over the balcony and, and he's got his... Yeah, that was pretty, oh, yeah, that was yeah. pretty was fast. Little, yeah, spin. pretty fast. Good movie. Um, <laughs> is it though? <laughs> yes, yes it is. is it? It's fabulous is and you're it? all twats. <laughs> Uh, Valerie Shopaholic Valerie Shopaholic <laughs> oh, yeah. That's when I'm annoyed with her Valerie Shopaholic Valerie Valerie <laughs> uh, Says with reference to why Kamala thought she might have Ant-Man like powers is it the superpower to look younger than your years I love that joke by the way mm. uh, Yeah I, How again second week by the way can we just say how fucking good Iman Falani is in this role how charming she is how mm. funny she is how real she seems as well so mm. in, that, in that early scene where she's going down the corridor <laughs> and she's like interacting with everybody and you know she makes a very pithy comment about people with sharing airpods don't need to stand together yeah. that's because she the, has newfound confidence she has yeah. newfound confidence but she's absolutely right you can, stand, you can stand 10 feet apart you'd be totally fine give it a go try it uh, but she's great in that scene she's great with Bruno when she's going you know, I try to I try to shrink down to an ant. I try to fly because in the comics she can change her size. You know, she's a polymorph. Uh, but she also says, you know, and I, you know, I look younger than I am. Uh, she says, well, why, he goes, why do you think you had Ant Man like powers? And she goes, <laughs> well, because what's it? She says, she says something along the lines of, well, because we both look younger than we do, which is, a, I think, a really lovely joke about the fact that Paul Rudd is 125 years old, yeah, but looks like he's 37, yeah. Uh, okay, Nat L42. Do you think that Bangle will tie? Stop it. Do you think that Bangle <laughs> will tie into the Ten Rings? Stop it. Actual, not the organization in some ways, seen as Carol Danvers briefly appeared in the credit sting. Hmm? Oh, of Shang-Chi. No, oh, no, right. I was going, Unless we really have missed something. And will there ever be a live action Squirrel Girl? Hey, come on. You can't just squeeze a couple of questions in here now. But um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Earlier on, the Bangles might tie into the Ten Rings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Potentially. 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 <laughs> uh, could Miss Marvel's bracelet be a mega band? I know the bangles were a mega band. <laughs> hey. so you've, got, you've got that wrong. That's from Sean <laughs> underscore OL. So you never know. I don't Is that some sort of, is that a comics term? I don't know what that is. Well, Sophie. I didn't understand that. <laughs> oh, no, no, come on, we need to go see the black phone. Mega splaining incoming. <laughs> As you well know. As you know. There's no question, Sophie. Whatsoever. He's Googling coming. I don't even, I, I, I feel it almost beneath me <laughs> to tell you that the Negaband, name, Negabands, <laughs> aliases, Negabands, Cree, Techno Sorcery, owners, talent, okay. Cree, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Cree! <laughs> that the, 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 the millennia old Negabands were powerful relics of the Cree Empire. <laughs> 
transforming mental energy into physical energy, the Nega Bands are able to grant the wearer fabulous powers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fabulous. Fabulous powers. And um, one of the, the Nega Bands were awarded to Captain Marvel by the Kree Supreme Intelligence. Oh, so that makes um, sense then. So that that is clear. I I actually did know that. <laughs> so, okay, um, there you go. I just reinforced my knowledge by mm. checking it on the internet. Um, maybe I'll look up a synonym for the word guarantee while I'm doing it. <laughs> um, all right. So the last question. Um, uh, and again, for the second week in a row, we have a dearth of Miss Marvel questions compared to our Obi-Wan Kenobi questions. Darth and Vader. A Darth Vader. <laughs> See, he doesn't say much, but when he does say something, <laughs> it's usually it's fucking invaluable. shit. Or, or genuinely quite good. <laughs> that one was quite good. <laughs> On this, the rest of uh, everything else. <laughs> yeah, I've contributed that in period drama and, that's, and, and bangles, and that's why I'm here. You're like you're like the, uh, you know you're like the, an old granddad on Christmas Day. <laughs> you think he's asleep? He just he wakes up every now and again. Bangles. <laughs> they were called bumholes, you know. <laughs> and then he wakes up again. <laughs> period drama. <laughs> that's basically what you are. <laughs> it's fair. Oh, Darth Vader. It's good stuff. Put it on a t-shirt. Uh, but I, you know, again, and we said this last week's show that I really hope that this show is not being overlooked. And I, I, and I get it that the scheduling gods have <laughs> made a really terrible decision to put these shows out on the same day. By the way, same thing that happens next week. Episode three of Miss Marvel, plus the season finale, or possibly series finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, plus the Disney Plus debut of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, for the love of time. That's just, that's just bad scheduling, <laughs> But then it's guys. not as if, like, this shit goes away. It's not as if, oh, you I didn't watch it the day it drops, you can now never see it again. Like, it's there in perpetuity. It's <laughs> that's fine. true, but there, you, know, you know the rush to be first. I and, do, and I whatnot. do. But I think maybe it's one of these things where people will discover it. They'll be browsing the, frankly, mentally organised section of the, you know, Marvel bit of, of Disney Plus, mm. and, uh, and they'll be like, oh, Miss Marvel, I'll watch that. Mm. And they will be delighted. In time, in time, they will find this show. Uh, not because of this show, because <laughs> most people would probably have stopped listening by, <laughs> by this point. Yep. But uh, but there you go. Uh, all right, last question comes from Louis D. Strong. Did you notice Mr. Wilson's desk had a thingy on it with letters saying GWW? I assume that's a nod to G. Willow Wilson, who is one of the co-creators of Captain Marvel. And as we talked about in last week's show, that the, the plaque on the front of the high school has the names of loads of people who were not just co-creators of of Miss Marvel or Kamala Khan, sorry, more accurately, um, but also who contributed massively to her. So Jamie McKelvey, who came up with the costume and designed a lot of her look. And in fact, the, the Captain Marvel, modern Captain Marvel incarnation as well. So people like that. Um, and does the pod think a Brie Larson cameo is likely? Yes. Episode six, post credit scene, that is an Amon guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> So. <laughs> I kind of feel that a Mon guarantee is now kind of synonymous with half-assed prediction. But carry on. Carry on. <laughs> when you, you find your own line for crappy predictions, I will remember this. Oh There's one thing that um, I'm just reading up on this episode a little bit, and apparently, I think I completely missed this, but uh, there was a reference uh, that Cameron's mother, no, hold on. Basically, there's a reference to Kingo Senior in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is obviously from the Eternals. because yeah, that would obviously be Kingo, Kingo being Kingo before he became Kingo. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that. Yes, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. That was, but I like that. the world probably yeah. doesn't know that. No, they all think it's, it's, it's all Kingo, yeah. but they, he does yeah. the thing where he's, he's his own son. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. I like um, that they yeah. referenced him because yeah. obviously so, he's see, an someone Indian did Bollywood watch star. That's, that's, you know, it's, it's important. And they hey. talked about watching Bollywood and so it would yeah. make sense that in their world yeah. he would be a star that Absolutely. they would mention. Yeah. So that yeah. was really cool. Also, I loved last week that uh, Kamala's dad was watching cricket on the TV. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I presume some sort of a Pakistan test match, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pause the screen to see if who, who they were playing. <laughs> and was it a real test match? So, yeah. A lot mm -hmm. of fun. Um, all right. There's loads of stuff probably to talk about, but uh, we've got to go and pick up the black phone. We the do. black phone mm -hmm. is a ringing, so we've got to pick it up and answer the call. Uh, so that is it for this week's Ms. Marvel spoiler special. Join us next week for more Ms. Marvel related fun when we will have a newcomer in the pod booth and Helen will be here as well, just flying around somewhere. So um, there may not be room for... wait all to hear what Neil has to say about all the bumhole chat, but, you know, we'll find out. <laughs> well, yes. 
steal yourself, Neil. <laughs> I think we should dial that down <laughs> when yeah. there's a newcomer around. He's probably going, no, we, we, we tone nothing down. <laughs> if anything, he gets worse. But, uh, but, you know, there may be, you may guys, you guys may have to Thunderdome this next week for, for the, the remaining chair. Mm-hmm. Um, so three podcasters enter. Uh, Jimbo will be vicious. <laughs> By the way, I wouldn't fancy your chances. Look, I need to be around for oh. <laughs> to, to, to protect Neil from you guys. Yeah, honestly, someone. motherfucker, come at me! I'll tear ta- you a whole new bangle. On that note, yes, <laughs> it is time to say goodbye to my three colleagues of such lethal cunning. James Dyer, bangly bang. He's ruined. He's ruined everything for me. He's ruined everything. Sooner or later, I'll get to someone you do care about. <laughs> Excellent. Sophie Butcher. I'm off to buy a nightlight. That's yeah, what I'm going to do. Good. I'm off to scrub my ears after this. <laughs> generally have my that memory too. wiped. I won't be able to sleep, so I might as well have a nightlight to keep me company. No one will. Not after this. Never sleep again. <laughs> one, two, Jimbo's coming for you. There's not enough mind bleach in the world for this. <laughs> Let's goodbye from a mon woman. I seriously need some peace peace be unto you my friend that one's a broken man he is we are all broken people uh, <laughs> that is goodbye from me I'm off to burn my copy of the Bangles Greatest Hits <laughs> never the same again never the same again close your eyes give me your hand <laughs> see you next week bye